0: What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here from Move the Sticks. Before you get to your episode, here's what's coming up on the latest Move the Sticks episode.
2: Uh, We play a little Price is Right game. higher and lower win totals for each team, new contract for Harrison Smith, and can the Broncos win without Von Miller?
0: Also, is Andrew Luck worthy of being the highest paid player in the NFL? We'll talk about it all on the latest Move the Sticks podcast. You can check that out, nfl.com slash podcast, iTunes, as well as
3: YouTube. Going to the hurry of offense. Yes, let's hurry things along with Marcus Grant and Handsome Hank. Welcome to the DDFP, as always, presented by McDonald's. Go get yourself some all-day breakfast, fellas. A lot to get to. A lot of big football voices joining us. A.J. Hawk. We're going to talk to Ike Taylor, Kyle Long, and so on. Right now, Von Miller has turned down the largest contract ever offered to a defensive NFLer. Marcus Grant, how say you on all this? Well, it's kind of a surprise. I mean, you would think that guys
4: right now, hes he's got the ring. Usually what happens next is guys chase the money. Um, I don't know that I'm worried about this long term. If I'm a Denver Bronco fan, Von Miller will be there. He'll still be the same guy. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a shock.
3: Yeah, there's a little bit of noise, though, that, I mean, you know, at this point, they're obviously trying to uh, create leverage. But there is a little bit. Maybe maybe he'll sit out all of 2016. Implausible, right, Handsome? Definitely. I make a prediction now
5: that Mark, uh, that although Von Miller has turned down the largest defensive contract of all time, he will also accept the largest defensive (laughs) contract of all time. It's just going to be a bit larger than the one that he turned down. Never, it'll get done before training camp.
3: And in doing so, he will kind of compromise the overall makeup of the Denver Broncos roster.
5: Possibly, but Maybe. I mean, they, they're in the nice situation that whether it's Mark Sanchez or more likely Paxton Lynch, for the next five years, they're going to be pl- paying a quarterback, not what you would typically play pay a, an elite quarterback.
3: Now, Von Miller got that uh, Super Bowl MVP award primarily for strip sacking one Cam Newton. He has announced he's not going to do the dab anymore. Your feelings about that, Hanson? I think it's probably
5: seven months too late <laughs> I just, it was <laughs> fun the first couple of times but really I think it I think there was a point during last season where that uh where Larry King came on your uh, NFL game day blitz on Sunday and I felt like that was the point where the where the
3: where the dab was officially retired. Jumped the shark,
4: if you will. Yeah, but I don't know that you can blame Cam for that. I mean, everybody else no, no. kind of uh, ran that thing into the ground. But I, li- I like the fact that he's moving on. Everybody has to evolve. So we'll see over the summer what is the new hot dance, what uh, what goes viral on the internet, and that'll probably be what
3: Cam adopts. Dave, you, up,
5: you're sort of down with the young people with your hair. So yes. can you tell us what, what possibly might be coming in the future?
3: I, 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 I'm going to do me, and I'm going to let Cam do him. Right. <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> Ike Taylor and I, though, coming up, we've already recorded uh, some thoughts about uh, Muhammad Ali and how he s- connects to the likes of Cam Newton. So yeah. be on the lookout for that. And uh, by the way, speaking of my new hairdo, Emma VP, behind-the-glass editor extraordinaire and uh, producer, two, she is a young woman, and she uh, she deemed my new haircut uh, Age inappropriate I'm mm-hmm. a VP. How say you?
6: Well you brought it up, Sheck, and I did say it was a bit aggressive uh-huh that was my word and yeah, I mean maybe better for 25 35 year old but you're pulling it off and that's all that matters right? I mean I
3: that's, think it's that's like right at the end there to say like yeah but you're pulling it off and that's what matters. Yeah. After you just said it's for a young person and it's old. and it's too aggressive. <laughs> so Emma, that was th- so you just actually just threw in a little bit of empty nonsense to try and make I, it Emma, right. I don't think he, I don't think
5: he's pulling his hair off.
3: I think it is falling out naturally. <laughs> Oh, handsome, wow. you stinker! Um, <laughs> <laughs> next up, Aaron Rodgers, who plays in—is it? Oh no, it's the cheese state, the cheeseheads, yeah. but dairy. You know, it's America's Dairyland. He's all—he's off the dairy now. What, what, what do we make of this? Is this going to make him unpopular with the locals? You know, he's really
4: going to have to play well now because here it is, here it is—you are issuing what is one of the state's biggest exports. I mean, their license plates say America's Dairyland, and here it is—you're giving up dairy. Um, you're going to have to go out and really play well. This is not—you know—this is not going to be solved by you wearing a Milwaukee Brewers
3: hat or you know hanging out right, with mm, any of the players.
5: Like they—they they lose their first two games, I wouldn't be surprised if they if fans start calling for a replacement.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean his family's already gone Hollywood with his brother on right. uh, on The Bachelorette and so on. Handsome, best uh, best cheese, Stilton. Oh, you were ready with that answer. I right? love, Schiff,
5: I, mean, I I I love Stilton.
3: I cheese. love a nice Stilton or Roquefort or blue. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're blue all cheese, the same, blue they're cheese. all related.
5: Stinky, like some really stinky blue cheese. That's that's me. I I also like a very mature cheddar, something very tangy.
4: Uh, I agree. A good, a good, sharp cheddar, I think, is really good. I am a fan of of the brie as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some I can go, I can go sharp. I can go mild. Anything in between, though, I think is. Uh... I like a nice Asiago. You just like saying Asiago. I like yeah. saying Asiago. Like <laughs> you saying... know what I like is
5: Parmesan or Parmesan. Um, but I just like to eat it as cheese. Right? Most people would like to put it on top of you know some pasta or something like that. But it's just delicious by itself.
3: I had a brie the other day, mm-hmm. and I was using. And, and you really do have to be careful. You have to use the uh, the cheese knife because mm-hmm. if you handle it too much, I literally I took a shower. I washed my hands of course that night. Then I took a shower the next morning, and I still could not rid myself of the, st- of the brie <laughs> the And I didn't know if I should if it was appropriate to. Oh, terrific. Mm. Or if I should be... I leave, I that's a little, leave on that's a little, little creepy, bo- actually. A little bo- actually. <laughs> a little is bit so a of bo- All right, start the show! Yes, hi, and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damaschek. And as I mentioned, you are now listening or watching the Dave Damaschek Football Program. And as I mentioned, we are presented, as always, by McDonald's all-day breakfast. Ross Tucker, our guest earlier in the week, declared... The Egg McMuffin, nothing short of the greatest sandwich on the face of the earth. Wow. Now, he's a man who's willing to stick his neck out when the debate gets hot. You can go back and listen to that. A lot of feedback for both the audio and the uh, the video um, consumer. On our debate, we brought Jeff Schwartz, new to the Detroit Lions, who foolishly, along with Handsome Hank, attempted foolishly. to support icing over gravy. Marcus Grant, where do you come down on that real quick? I mean, why wouldn't you want icing? I mean, you can have it,
4: but you can only have one or the other for the rest of your day. I mean, you know, the phrase is the icing on the cake. Nobody right. talks about the gravy on the potatoes. And that, uh, not to say the gravy's bad, but if you're giving me a choice. It's pretty simple, isn't it? It's icing. Right. All right. Well, you're now, wrong. The other good, luck, thing- <laughs> good luck with your
3: icing
5: at well, and, But Russ Tucker also believes that the percentage of icing on a cake must be 5%.
2: Yeah. I and I I always what's thought What's the point, Russ, then?
5: I always thought Russ was really smart. You know, we always heard that he was a he was an Ivy League offensive lineman, but I don't I think he can't
4: do his his percentages. 5% career. what's the point?
3: Right. Marcus Grant, you can uh you can hear on NFL Fantasy Live the podcast along with Alex Gelhar and James Coe and I think ranks in Adam some of the occasionally. Dive. Yep. And Fabiano, or no, is he Every once in a while he'll make a cameo. Once in a blue moon. Mm -hmm. He's a prima donna. He kind of is. You guys, you guys. We're fortunate to be Grace. with him. He insists that he be left out on an island, right? It's a a Fabiano island away from all of you guys.
4: It's not quite Rivas Island. It's a little bit different. Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, the fantasy is heating up already. Go to NFL.com, read uh, Marcus's and his pals' pages on uh, fantasy as you begin your prep there. And, of course, NFL Fantasy Live will be back on NFL Network soon enough. And the English chap, whose voice you heard a moment ago, serves as our resident Miami Dolphins fan. It's Handsome Hank.
5: Handsome Hank. Handsome He's Handsome eh? He's Handsome,
3: eh? He's handsome eh? Hello, Handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. How are you?
5: Uh, I'm very tired, to be really? honest with you. I Where's made that? my I made my
3: virgin <laughs> run on uh, on NFL Network's uh, NFL HQ.
5: Was it the first time you had been on there?
3: Yes, and oh. it was very tiring. I have and to I, say,
4: I was quite shocked to be on the uh, the elliptical at the gym at six thirty in the morning and see your face there.
3: Jarring for anybody, mm. really, yeah. uh, to see this pot belly staring back at them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really, I got to tell you, I I don't re- I, you know self evaluate. I'm not that. Well, wait, I was going to say I'm not that vain, but I am. that You are vain. pretty vain. I, but it's a difference between vain and narcissistic. I'm not right. a narcissist. No, no, that's true. I'm, but I, but I am You're horribly, very vain. horribly vain. Yes. And what I saw looking back at me on the uh, on the monitor was not flattering. am um, like a 67 year old drunk. And woman. what do you intend to do about
5: it? Do you intend to just complain about it, or yes. are there actually going to be things that you change? Well, that's what the haircuts about.
3: No, no. yeah, the hair outside yeah. of the haircut. Well, the haircuts already been shot down by. Uh... Well, the
5: good news is that'll grow back.
3: Yeah, we'll see. Will my dignity? <laughs> Will my confidence? After Emma VP did what she did to me just a moment ago. In the meantime, handsome, I'm curious for your response off of the gravy icing debate. Like I say, there's video you can watch of that, or you can go back and listen on iTunes or NFL.com slash podcasts. A lot of feedback on the icing and gravy stuff, and uh, already we have our next question. It comes to us from uh, Eric Taylor, floated it on Twitter: breakfast or dinner? Jeff Schwartz has already reached out through his people and said we need we we need to schedule the next debate with Ross Tucker.
5: I, I mean, this one feels a little bit. More cut and dry with the advent of McDonald's all day breakfast. I don't know why we. It's not really an argument anymore. You can have breakfast at dinner time. So, I think what's the.
3: I think the one stipulation you'll be able to make, because otherwise you can cheat the question, which is you know breakfast or or dinner. You know, it's a tradition in my home. We eat breakfast at, on Christmas Eve now, and uh, and that's a, a little tradition that we've begun that is really catching Wait, so on now. You every other
5: day you don't eat breakfast.
3: No, breakfast <laughs> for dinner. You make I see. all the okay, stuff sorry. you eat at breakfast normally, right. but you you, you feast at that's it. That's a good, you know. great idea. Oh, it's very fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the kids love it. But the um, but the of course that's the answer. If you love breakfast food, then just eat it for eat dinner. It dinner. Right. That's that's the so. But the stipulation will be you can never eat breakfast for dinner. If you rule out breakfast, then right. you can't eat it at eight p.m. either. Dinner's so
5: versatile. I don't know how this could be. You could have pretty much any, uh, outside of. Business. All right, well, well, we'll have this debate. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll have
3: the debate. At, at It's proper time. But handsome Hank, we did get a question from a listener, MVP. Do you have that one to read for us here? Oh, here it is. Ben Price uh, dropped the line. I'd like you to let. Uh, I'd like you to let us know handsome Hank's reaction to the words Yorkshire pudding dipped in gravy. If he's a true Brit, he'll get homesick. Cheers, Dave. That's the that, truncated version of the question because the first part of it refers to handsome Hank as being a soft Southerner. Well, that, that I don't know why been, you. Are. Who's the Who's the producer who decided to cut out the juicy part of that? that, that that's fine. fine. I'm I'm, I'm willing wasn't. to
5: address all of that. Look, Yorkshire pudding is. Do you know what Yorkshire pudding is? No, is I don't that, think so. It's a delicious kind of. Um, batter type of, uh, I don't, I mean, look, I'm going to get, now I'm going to get,
0: BATTER!
5: But but it's deli- it goes with, you have your roast beef <laughs> or your roast chicken, ro- roast beef, you have Yorkshire pudding, you have roast potatoes, you have mash or you have uh, beans or you have peas, you have gravy on top of the whole lot. Gravy on top of Yorkshire pudding is absolutely delicious. Yes, if you're from Yorkshire, which is in the north of England, then I am a soft southerner because I'm from the south of England. And where is Westeros? Westeros uh, lies directly south of uh, of England.
3: We're going to get into a little Game of Thrones talk with uh with mm. fantasy analyst Marcus oh, well, Grant. That, he's well, been watching from, been graced. yeah. He's been watching from the outside looking in on our Game of Thrones fantasy league here. In the meantime, Marcus Grant also happens to be a Bay Area sports fan. Mhm. He likes the Golden State Warriors on Wednesday night, the Golden State Warriors. I, I mean, this is I am endlessly fascinated by what happens to professional athletes, you know, in football, at least. And, and I talked to A.J. Hawk and we're going to we're going to play a little chunk of that for you in a moment. But let me float it to you guys first here. Isn't it weird that at least in in football, there can be differences in the elements if you don't play well in the freezing cold as a team for whatever reason, then at least you have that as an excuse. Basketball courts are all inside in the NBA. How big a <laughs> difference can it be if we if you're in if, if you're in Oakland, California or you're in Cleveland, Ohio, that you would get that big uh, uh difference in the final score?
4: Well, I think I think what we saw on Wednesday night is a difference in energy I mean for the Cavaliers that was a that was a must win for them they couldn't go down 0-3 in that series and I think they had an energy that the Warriors didn't match I I think in terms of of home court there is some difference in terms of sight lines and and that sort of thing in the arenas everything's a little bit different but yeah in terms of you know it's not like baseball where you've got to figure out the outfield angles or anything like that but you know and I and I do think The home crowd means something a little bit. I mean, I think there's that emotion involved in in having a home crowd behind you that is kind of, uh, you know, it's something different.
3: I always say that uh, the thing I like most in sports of all the different storylines that you can latch on to generically, people love the underdog story. But to me, it is the superstar. It is the guy who is considered among the best in the generation or maybe even all time. And that's what LeBron kind of is fighting to do is for his place in history. And, you know, there are a lot of people like Patrick Claibon, who we talked to last week, Chris Wessling from around the NFL, who poo-poo the idea of narratives. That's just media nonsense. And that ignores that. Pro athletes are human beings. Of course they care where they stack up and how they're perceived. Are they completely without any vanity or narcissism like Damashek No, it's, <laughs> no. these guys all have massive egos. Of course they, they care how they're regarded, and, and they understand that if they have a, a losing track record, that that's going to put a dent in how they stack up with Michael Jordan. If you're Le- LeBron James – So. A home court advantage, it was not, in my opinion, on Wednesday. He had to feel the, the weight of the state of Ohio on his shoulders. If we go down 3 here, all these hopes and dreams of the millions of people are, are, are going to now fall on me, and they're my responsibility. I think he salvaged some dignity for himself, and he made it so that this wasn't another just complete, absolute train wreck. Any chance, though, Handsome? I know you look at it a little bit.
5: I do. I like I like looking at the finals. Yeah, so that's it. So your opinion is in it. Marcus Grant, I'll say you.
3: Any chance for the Cavs? I think they could win game four. Full disclosure, we're talking to you on Thursday um, midday, and I'm obviously keeping my eyes on the banks of the Three Rivers. I hope my night concludes by uh, figuratively sipping from another Stanley Cup. But, no, we're talking NBA Finals here.
4: I mean, I, I wouldn't be completely surprised if the Cavs go out and win game four. I In my mind, I think the Warriors regroup on Friday night. I think they win a close one in Cleveland, and they go back home, and they close it out in Game 5 in Oakland, but um, look, the the Cavaliers got fully embarrassed in those first two games in Oakland. I mean, Game 1, they lost basically to the Warriors bench. Game 2, they got run out of the building, so yeah, I think they salvaged not only for LeBron, but... For the team as a whole, they salvage a little bit of dignity, and so I expect them to come out with a, a pretty big energy on Friday night. I just think the Warriors will regroup and and do their best to match that energy.
3: The other side of the state, uh, the sports estate, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Andy Dalton is was in not exactly the same spot. Obviously, LeBron has a much uh, greater profile than Dalton, but it is uh, sort of Kevin Lovey with the the stuff that happened with Andy Dalton. Uh, you know, had he tried to come back after a victory over Pittsburgh in the playoffs. That would have been awfully interesting to see how all that shakes out as it is. I refer to it as a stay of execution. The injury, I think it bought him another year, bought Marvin Lewis another year, but winning does matter no matter what anybody else wants to tell you. People want to marginalize people like me who who count rings and say those are highly significant when you're evaluating all-time greatness. And as a matter of fact, on Friday evening, you can watch this on Total Access, but here's a sneak Preview put together for us by the mean spirited MVP. <laughs> Damashek here. Today, let's talk about those serious minded analysts who mock dummies like me who think winning Super Bowls is a good measure of an NFL QB's greatness. They've got a name for my kind ring count. They don't mean it as a compliment. Silly me, all my life I assumed the ultimate point of every NFL season was to see who wins. But apparently, equating who's the best with who wins the championship is too simplistic. And maybe they're right. Maybe we should just end the season around the holidays. What's the point of going to all the bother with those January playoff games? The cold weather and the heightened competition and the winner takes all, who needs it? By the way, somebody should blow in a call to Steph and company stat. No need for you guys to finish the finals because apparently it doesn't really impact how we evaluate greatness. Same goes for Game of Thrones. Let's spare the thousands of fictional lives that are about to be lost. No one cares who wins. Same goes for you, Avengers and Justice League. We already know you're heroes. No need to prove it by beating the bad guys. Now, of course, the serious-minded analysts will tell you these other hypotheticals are false equivalents because football is the ultimate team game. It's not just about one man. Terrific. But egalitarian platitudes notwithstanding, that one guy who gets paid 10 to 20 times more than most of his teammates gets the lion's share of the blame, too. That's the deal. Those serious-minded analysts will still say you need to do your film work to understand. You can't count rings as a measure of one's greatness. But here's the thing. Yes. Yes, I can. Because the contrary is absurd. Don't just take my word for it, though. Vince Lombardi, you know, the trophy guy, he said, winning isn't
1: everything, but it's the only
3: thing. And Al Davis said, just win, baby." And there's, you play to win the game. And Flacco's post-Super Bowl paycheck and Cam's post-Super Bowl heart wreck. And Bill Belichick's boat six rings. You know there's a reason it's not named after an October win over the Jags. But listen, I don't want to be completely unreasonable. With all due respect to the aforementioned trophy guy, winning isn't the only thing that matters. Dilfer isn't better than Marino and Eli isn't better than Brady. Nevertheless, winning when it matters most matters. Is it the number one criterion? I don't know, but it's up there. When the debate is best ever, rings count. Otherwise, we can just gather around the laptop and swoon over who's got the best stats and that's not a world I want to live in. Most of all, winning needs to matter. If it doesn't, what are we going to do with all those Cleveland jokes? I couldn't help it. I had to put a zinger in the, the Cleveland oh, organization Brands. and to Dan Marino, inadvertently. I feel like uh, mm. he's he is he the uh, does he for all of sports is uh, be, uh, it's uh, the quarterback who the greatest quarterback who didn't win it and Jim Kelly's sort of there, but it's Marino, number one. But is he, the uh, Marcus, all in every sport to never win a title?
4: It's Marino. It's probably Marino followed closely by Charles Barkley. Huh, that's a good one, yeah. Bar- Charles Barkley, Barkley is, is up there, too, somewhere.
3: Um, I'm trying to think.
4: Barry uh, Bonds. Barry Bonds, which, Barry be- Bond, which you know— Look, as a Dodger fan, it was kind of thrilling to not see
3: that, especially to see them win it after he uh, had retired. And uh, when I mentioned uh, the Stanley Cup before. One, Alex Ovechkin has zero by his name. So there's that. Um, and yes, I did catch up with uh, A.J. Hawk. I was thrilled to do so. He's on uh, NFL HQ this week in the early a.m. with his talk about a crazy age, inappropriate hair. A.J. <laughs> Hawk. I don't know what he has going there, but we did kibitz about this. We went for a walk. We went for a walk and talk with Hawk, the jock. Take a look. Hawk, now we are outside Cleveland Arena, whatever they call it, Mm, you know. So this is a fascinating subject to me with the NBA Finals, and you see this in the NFL, you see it in every sport, is so Golden State whips the Cavaliers. Then they move to Cleveland, and the Cavs whip Golden State. In football, at least you can hang your hat on, well, it's cold in Lambeau versus if you're from, you know, somewhere in the Deep South, that adjustment at least – What is so hard for professional athletes who are their entire lives are devoted to getting right mentally as well as physically? What is so hard about being on the road? Why is there such a swing in results? Who cares where the game is
7: played? I'm with you, man. I think people buy into the hype that people like you and the media hype up. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if they can take There's no way they can win two on the road. People think that. And it, it, there, there really isn't anything to it, but it's true. There's, like, momentum in games. You've seen it. It shifts. And sometimes, even if it's subconscious, they can feel that. I, I think if a team starts making some plays against you, you could rally and bring your team together and talk about it. But it's something about it, man. There's a lot of – when a big, huge group of people comes together and they're rooted. they want you to die, sometimes you can feel it. Your brain just process, and that, that
3: works way. against you. Because yeah. I also think that if you are Aaron Rodgers, and you know you have one Super Bowl ring, but it, is Aaron Rodgers first of all? Is he aware? Of, does he care about his place in history? Does he Is he aware? Because I know some QBs do care. Oh, like where he'd be ranked? Certainly Peyton Manning, we know, cares. I've talked uh, to Ben Roethlisberger. I know that he cares to a degree about how he's regarded yeah. in, uh, in in league history. Does Rogers sort of feel like, I need one more ring. I need to get another ring so I can be in that conversation for best ever.
7: I think he wants the, another ring just because he wants another ring, but I don't think he thinks it would put him like, at the top of the list. Or I think he's going to feel – about himself, regardless whether he gets another ring or not. He's going to feel about his play and where he deserves to be on that list. And it's a dumb hypothetical list, though. I know that, see, this is the move I, of wait, the athlete is to say,
3: that's dumb, that's for I you media guy, but, but you also are human beings and do care of course about how you're regarded. He you would love
7: to be regarded as the, the greatest quarterback of all time. Who wouldn't? Just like you're the, the greatest media personality in the greater Los, you think Los think Angeles so? area. I mean, I,
3: I, I try. I work at yeah. it. But it, it's, it's not about that. But it's that. still, like, it's, it's a
7: subjective thing. Yeah. So what do you what do you mean? It's like music. Some I people did, love Bruce Springsteen, some people despise him.
3: I just love – no, I, I guess, to me, you know, they always say the friendly confines. When you get back home, that's where you get to do well. But to me, the other side of that coin is if you're in Cleveland and, you know, with all that – that sports town's been through, I think there would be actually more pressure – on LeBron, and I think yep. on, to some degree, I know people in Green Bay are, are are nice folk, but at some point, does Aaron Rodgers feel more pressure playing at home because you're supposed to win in the playoffs if you have a home game? Is that is is, yeah. is that disadvantageous? It doesn't seem based on the results like it is, but I think to right, me, man. that would get in my head.
7: There was a, there was a time there, um, if you go back and look at the stats, where we weren't – Mike McCarthy, great Pittsburgh guy – would say we need to use the, our Lambeau advantage. We need to win these. And we would go win on the road, and then we, we would drop games at home. It was weird. I don't know what it was, but it would just happen. And it's not the fans' fault. It's nobody's fault but the players. But, man, I don't know. There's something. I'm telling you, man, when a big group of people come, it's like Gladiator. When you give them the thumbs down, and you chop your head off. Like, what if that crowd just started cheering and he gives you the thumbs up? I also like,
3: though, what Reggie Jackson said once, if they ain't booing, they don't know who you are. Very and true. The Raiders use that same sort of logic to their advantage, us yeah. against the world kind of mentality. The, the worst thing ever
7: is for someone to be indifferent towards you.
3: That's right. It means yeah. you're
7: doing nothing. You're not creative. You're not an artist like you. Welcome to my world. That is, yeah. Who? Wait, yeah, which look. guy? Oh, yeah. I don't really care
3: either way. Like, yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, A.J. Hawk. It's been a wonderful ride. Before we go, let's, let's. you know what? Let's leave feet and just and soar through the air. Hawk, That's you're funny. a bird after all. Boy, we've we really going? covered a lot of going? space. We've gone through the
7: space-time continuum. And you know what? Have you seen the Matt McConaughey movie? Which uh, one? Gravity? Gravity? Yeah. No, I didn't see it. What's it called? That sounds Somebody right. Somebody know? I don't
3: know. Oh, he's done a couple of movies saying space, space. Space uh, Time. No, it'll, it'll blow your mind. He, okay. Well, uh, what I don't that know. had to do with anything, I don't know. But Catch what I did want to point out is that even though we look like superheroes right now, I am anything but because our fake walking, I uh, actually broke a sweat. I'm embarrassed to say that. I, yeah.
7: I feel like I need to ice my knee. I'm man. a little dewy. Is yes, that leg do? Is that yoga? Well, I, mean, I hate um, yoga. now, Sorry.
3: Well, I don't like yoga because of the other men's feet. You know, like, put those feet away. Wear socks. You're a man, for goodness sakes. Right, Hawk? Yeah. Magical, Magical as always, uh, with with A.J. Hawk there. The video execution, if you watch it on YouTube or NFL.com slash podcasts, I think we gotta we're, we're gonna punch that up a little bit there, right? Ryan Bartlett behind the glass. Yeah, we're gonna add a little to it, and it's gonna be a part of Especially our. Especially when series. we were flying, it looks it looks we were walking because we went on a walk, like I say. I was through his life. sort of
4: expecting it to be like you know the Flintstones, where they keep walking and the background just keeps repeating over mm. and over. Yeah. again. that's kind of what we I didn't was we expecting. didn't have we didn't, didn't have even that. do that. No, that's
3: <laughs> too 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 lofty yeah. uh, special <laughs> effects. No, that'll get better. But we do take a walk. We go to Lambo for a little bit. We go to the Clink to revisit some. Uh, uh, some ugly stuff that happened there. We go to Cincinnati to talk about Chile and the playoff game from last year. It was a grand awesome. uh, It was a grand journey. All right. In the meantime, what's happening?
1: Oh, here we go again, guys.
5: It's our surprise game show. Uh, Kent Brown has put together a nice one for us today. All Check. Right. You mentioned it earlier a little bit. Penguins trying to clinch tonight, mm-hmm. Stanley Cup. Well, they've got their Sid Crosby, who was the number one pick in the 2005 NHL draft. Spending it to the NFL, so far there have been 22 quarterbacks taken first overall in the Super Bowl era. Ooh. Let's name them.
3: All right, 22. and Jared Goff is I, <laughs> I just gave Marcus Grant is our guest, so I'm going to give him the first overall pick, and I just named somebody who you can <laughs> – Take off the books there for you, weeks. Okay, well, Jared Goff,
4: then. I'll, I'll, I'll take the low hanging <laughs> right, fruit.
3: Got it. All right, handsome. Go ahead.
5: I'm going to go with Kerry Collins. I don't know why that was the first name uh. on my list. <laughs> Wait what? You're out that fast? No, nope. Kerry Collins not
3: the. No, first Tony Baselli was the first Damn overall it. pick. Collins. <laughs> I don't know why. Well,
5: now I know why he shouldn't have been my first. Baselli
3: <laughs> went to the Jags. Damn and it. Kerry Collins went to the Panthers, number two in I'm 1995. Lift, anyway. My answer that I know is right is John Elway. Uh, I will go with Peyton Manning. Ah, uh, you know what? The Here's the danger of this game is that when you have one in your brain and the person it says goes. it just before you. <laughs> but you what have, you
4: can do
5: is you can keep people I can just you vamp. Can keep talking and then see if another one All pops All right, I'm going to go with
3: Jamarcus Russell, I, and that's exactly what just happened for me. Uh, I will follow that with Andrew Luck. All right, I have them blocking my answers so that the scoundrel Marcus Grant can't cheat, can't crib off my page. <laughs> Eli Manning.
4: Um, let's go with Carson Palmer.
3: Oh, you son of a... <laughs> I will say Alex Smith. Mm. Um...
4: Wow, I'm Uh, running out already. We are running out of them. There shouldn't be. Don't you cheat for him?
3: I saw you just slide over there. It blew over there. It blew over there. Cameron Jarrell Newton. I mean, I find it. I find it sad that the two of you would team up. It blew over there. It just you know just happens. Sometimes things happen.
5: Air conditioning in here.
3: (laughs) I'm going to go. With the strong-armed Louisiana'n who led the Pittsburgh Steelers to four Lombardi crowns, his name Terry Bradshaw. It's a good one.
4: It is a good one. Uh, how many do we have? How many have we uh, listed so Look far? Who's now that's buying always a great way sometime. to. Fam- yeah, that's. <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> you know, just trying to figure out who we are. Uh, Stop giving them. I'm not giving anything. Um
1: Marcus, you're, you're halfway there.
4: We are halfway the there, level. really. Um, let's Super Bowl see. era. Drew okay, right? Drew Bledsoe.
3: Very nice. All right. All right, good one. That was a good one. I'm gonna go with Jim Plunkett.
4: Ooh, look at you. Um, no, he wasn't number one overall. Uh, let's see if we can vamp a little bit and think about some more of these. Uh, let's say Dan Marino.
3: Dan Marino. Was not. Dan Marino went 27 in Elway's year. Yes. I know. I was. I was. I was. I was. was, uh... And now to complete my victory. From Virginia Tech. He took a run at the mighty Florida State Seminoles in the Sugar Bowl. Then he was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons and never looked back. He is a hero to all man. Or I don't remember what happened. Michael Vick. (laughs) Michael Vick. Also, let me give you one more. Damashek goes to four and one now, lifetime in the. When did you lose? Oh, yeah, I remember. I don't remember. Oh, do you? That was a, I got skunked in you that one. That skunked. was. <laughs> and some cheat in that one. How what about. That was a cheat game. That was a cheat. You shouldn't brag about that one. <laughs> if I had to get one more, is Jim Everett correct? No. Out of Purdue? Oh, I oh. almost went with him, too. Good oh. thing.
4: So is this like the spelling bee? If you had missed, do I
3: get back in? Is yes. It... Oh, yeah. Okay. I'd have to, yeah, because you went before me. All right. We have to complete the round. All Somebody right. has to win the round. All right, Marcus. Real quick, before we get to uh, to Ike and to our pal Daniel Halpern and Kyle Long, killing some time till the season starts with him. Real quick, Game of Thrones. We have our fantasy league, mm-hmm. and as it turns out, Damashek made a savvy pick in the deep in the draft. Tier two out of five tiers, I picked up one, the Hound.
4: That was a very savvy pick. I mean, it was it was a pleasant surprise to see him reappear uh, in the most recent episode. And so you can expect that if the Hound is still breathing, uh, he'll make sure some other folks aren't.
3: What do we think, fellas, about uh, – nobody has um, – now I can't think of his name. The guy um, – uh, 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 Walder Frey. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, everybody behind the glass. Who could make a Photoshop? This is a very specific uh, and uh, dated thing, but I still think we should make one for the next uh, Game of Thrones review we do is uh, wh- uh, where's Walder Frey and just <laughs> to see if we can bury Walder Frey's face. But what's going to go on with him? I think that, you know, I think he was turned into a laughing stock. I think we were supposed to laugh at him right. that when his guys went to – where, what's it called river river run, river run. mhm oh, where kidding. the blackfish lives how could could it get more confusing no, yes it, it it could i who well knew it really could this deep into the to the run i'm now more like how, confused than how, ever
5: how the man whose name is the blackfish fl- blackfish his armor was scaled looked uh, like a fish i, I assume fish that was scales. where he got his uh, his nickname yeah it's
3: pretty good yeah that's that's all right and what about uh, theon Greyjoy's sister she likes uh
5: The attention of of the ladies.
3: Yeah, but Theon
4: doesn't. Uh, He doesn't like the attention of really anyone at this point. Not anymore. That was a little mean. That was a little rude. For why did
3: his but why did his mean sister take him into a place like that, a house of ill repute? Mm. What did she think? Well, she
4: thought that would maybe you know stir up the echoes, sort of thing. But apparently it didn't. Then she just then she just forced him to drink.
5: When you hear people who've you know who've lost uh, their foot or something, and they have a you know they sometimes feel like they have an itch to scratch on there, even though.
3: There's no foot to. Well, where's Walder? Walder Frey, you know. So his guys go to the wall and mm-hmm. they say, "We're going to kill this guy if you don't do what we say. If you don't open your doors to us or whatever." And they're like, "Ah, kill him. We don't care." <laughs> and we're supposed to chuckle and say, "Walder Frey, so ineffectual." Except the last time we laughed at him. What happened, Handsome? He killed everyone. That's right. So I think that this is a little bit of a smokescreen. Fool you once, audience? Shame on you. Shame on Walder. Right. Walder fools you twice. Shame on you. Right, Marcus Grant. Uh, yes, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's fooling at this point. I mean, I think this
4: is an elaborate setup for Jamie Lannister to swoop in here and try and you know restore some dignity
3: to him. I'm not sure. You yeah, have a wide Walder Frey show up. Think about it that way. This he is didn't. this. This, this isn't. Friend, this... His,
5: he sent. He sent along the. He I, didn't show up. I know, I know, but in flunkies. the in
3: the show, this this isn't a documentary that they're capturing. So somebody sat down. <laughs> it's true, handsome. Somebody right. sat down at a computer and typed this screen, uh, typed this story out. And so they didn't have to ever bring Walter Frey back. Why would you bring him back for just a a, a silly little callback of oh yeah, that's well, the guy who conducted the red wedding. Oh, but he's he's now been rendered, uh, you know, teethless. No, he's back for a reason. Well, because somewhere along the line, he's going
5: to... I mean, at this point where it feels like everyone's amassing armies, everyone's seeing who's on their side, and somewhere along the line, someone is going to come in and say, you owe me, we need you to be added to our army to defend us against this lot that's coming over the seas, the White Walkers who are coming down from the north, and presumably the Snow Army that's being formed at the moment as well.
3: Does Walder Frey, though, have any juice? Does
5: he have an army?
4: Uh, Everyone's I mean, got a. Few, everybody's got at least somebody. A handful I
5: mean. of people that can fight for them, and the, and the support of their house. They control regions and areas, as opposed to maybe it doesn't matter so much about the men. But you can't get through there without being on side with, with one or the other. I mean. It's complicated, and I'm making a lot of what I just set up. I'm really <laughs> I feel like, I, I really, feel like I, 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 when I said it, it sounded, it sounded I, great. I was actually saying things, and I was like, oh, wow. That, you it know it what? sounded really good.
3: Here's, here's the way to trick yourself, or at least this would work for me. In doing these Game of Thrones uh, discussions now on the DDFP every week, it has exposed to me how little I really understand right. it. You get, just avoid all conversation and you'll walk through life. I know exactly what's happening in Westeros, but when you try to have a conversation, oh, I have no idea no how idea. those right. people mm-hmm. connect yet. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. making me sad. them through the moon door. Oh yeah, throw. Him yeah, we the, could throw. The by the way,
5: my favorite speech from last week was uh, Cersei and uh, Lady.
4: Oh, it was fantastic.
5: When when she said, "I don't know if you're the worst human being I've ever spoken with."
3: <laughs> that was a great, <laughs> that or great the, couple of lines.
4: The kicker of the fact that uh, that you are miserable is the only joy I see yes. in this whole situation.
3: Yeah. Well, and I That's said it. That's a great one. I said Everything. it last week. The other, I mean, uh, earlier in the week. I I just what more if you are poor, uh, you know, uh, chunky guy, what's his name? Sam. Sam. Sam Tarley. Sam, Sam Tarley. He now has that uh, magic sword that he swiped from his old man. But the old man doesn't like him, even though he can kill White Walkers. If mean, you think that would have a lot of currency with this mean-spirited old jerk, I, you know, I mean, anybody um, can get lucky and kill a White Walker once, right? I don't know. I don't. I.
7: I, I am mean, guessing that's what his, his dad is thinking.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's very. Uh, I thought that 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 scene was, uh, was a lot of fun. Sort of like, uh, look who's coming to dinner or something, or guess who's coming to dinner. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. That that uh, they were so shocked by, uh, um, or uh, or not shocked by, but so mean to their returning son. Um, hey, here's the uh, points in case you're wondering. This is uh, you get points for, like we say, killing more points for killing a white walker than a human being. Sex, when you're a sweet love maker to get some nice points promotions demotions so on and so forth and coming back from the dead is very good um but uh in the meantime let's get it to i am dave damastark handsome is handsome hank hodge son of the harpy maurice thrones drew and now we turn it over to the fantasy hall of famer himself it is time for a preview from michael fabian snow
6: Hey guys, it's time to take a fantasy look at the upcoming week of Game of Thrones, episode eight titled, No One. Last week we saw the return of the Hound, but instead of the violent dog we once knew, Sandor Clegane is now a kindler, gentler man. Kinda like a puppy dog, Oh, That's until Ray and his companions were slaughtered by what was left of the Brotherhood Without Banners group. Now the Hound is madder than a junkyard dog. That makes him a good bet to record multiple kills in the very near future. Much like Le'Veon Bell in Fantasy Football, the Hound is a must-start in Fantasy GOT. I've been saying this for weeks now, but Cersei Lannister is still a good start. And at some point very soon, people are going to die as a result of this spiteful and crazy woman. After all, she chooses violence. The character who will benefit the most is probably her zombie bodyguard, the Mountain. I'm gonna guess that he's in line to smash a few sparrow skulls and rack up a bunch of kills. If you want a sleeper for this week, well, how about Arya? All right, she's not your traditional sleeper, but she did get stabbed in the stomach a bunch of times. What if she were to battle the waif, kill her, and then take her face? I mean, that should be worth some bonus fantasy points, right? Good luck this week, my friends.
3: Ooh, Fabiano, a lot of uh, a lot of provoking thoughts, uh, mm. I thought. And I don't know um, what he's got against Cersei. He doesn't seem to like her very
4: much. Now, does it matter if... if- these people don't die by Cersei's hand because she's not actually
3: going to physically kill. Him. Well,
5: we're well. going to see when we get there. That's that. That will be certainly something that the uh, Game of Thrones judges will need to rule on.
3: Yeah, we'll have to turn to the Meister on that. And uh, just a quick review: we're not going to look at everybody's team, I don't think. But handsome, you see, Daenerys Ramsey, I, you know, he might check out here, handsome. You know, I don't know that you're going to get anything. I'm off not, I'm not Ramsay. so
5: worried about. I mean, I think Tormund Giant's Bane is about to uh, about to uh, wreck shop. I've made a big pick on Podrick. Podrick, that's a a, a bold. Well, here's the thing. Podrick um, uh, was—I mean, I think you know—a couple of seasons ago, I got a lot of points for Podrick. um, Made a a visit to a house of ill repute. I probably would have come away with apparently somewhere in the region of fifty to sixty points from that. I was bet- betting on Podrick doing that again, and unfortunately, he hasn't managed to um,
3: sow as many seeds this year. And Torman Giantsbane is the Wildling. He's the the, the one who looks like Justin Red Turner beard. from yeah. the Dodgers. Yeah, he's going to make his love on uh, possibly on Watson. She
5: may not be ready for that.
3: <laughs> Giantsbane is his last name. It's who knew it. the Wildlings were fancy mm. enough to get surnames? I, I had no idea. Small John, Small John Umber for damn. I bet you can pick him out for life. Of course, I could. Of course I couldn't. All right. Hey, good stuff, fellas. Marcus Grant, again, make sure you track him down, NFL Fantasy Live. On really any – whatever medium you enjoy, you can find Marcus Grant there talking about. Fantasy football online in podcast form, written and on the television on uh, NFL Network coming up uh, this, uh, this autumn. Be on the lookout for him and then Handsome Hank. Right now, though, as these guys take off, now we're going to get into Ike Taylor – Daniel Halpern, a 16-year-old fellow who we met at uh, the draft and liked him enough that uh, we brought him back to kibitz with him. We have a few minutes with him and then killing some time till the season starts with Kyle Long talking about his brother and his old man, Chris and Howie. Let's get to it, though, first with Ike Taylor talking about what he, what Muhammad Ali meant to him and to 21st century athletes.
2: I am the greatest fighter of all times, of all times.
3: Hi and hello, uh, sports fans. Dave Damashek here along with my main man, Ike Taylor. And looks like I got the same fashion sense as no the greatest of all time legitimately was that there's been a lot of talk over the last few days about the difference he made in uh, on the planet Earth, let alone what he did um, in the ring. But right now, let's talk, I mean, like I say, charisma and a sense of humor that is off the charts, right, Ike?
2: That's the first thing you see when you see the great Muhammad Ali, like this guy, whatever he believed in, he meant, and he wasn't going to let nobody dictate or try to U-turn anything what he believed in, from working out to being a great boxer. If you ask a lot of guys, they say he was a hell of a comedian. Mm -hmm. He just, when he walked into the room, everything got loose when he walked into the room, even if he was tight his first couple of words you can just see when he walked into the room like, yeah, I'm here, yeah, I'm great, but let's have fun. I have never, I mean, listen, Charles Barkley, you, there are
3: several other guys that I can cite in my lifetime that are funny guys to interact with in professional sports, but Ali coming in there and telling rhymes all the time, take a look at some of the stuff that he did. Let's check it
2: out. And I said, Joel's gonna come out smoking and I ain't gonna be joking. I'll be pecking and a poking, pouring water on his smoking. Then this might shock and amaze you, but I will destroy Joe Frazier.
3: What would happen, Ike, if somebody was, you know, Cam Newton a year ago, some people at least, maybe a small percentage of America, but nevertheless, some people don't like the dancing and everything else, which is crazy because, like we say, a half a century ago, Ali was doing it bigger and better than anybody we've seen ever since.
2: Muhammad Ali did it way back in the day, Cam doing it, and he's just doing it at a calmer manner. Like, Cam ain't really exposing himself like that. Probably early on he was a little bit more selfish, but now you can see he kind of matured, and he's he's been that team leader that his coach wants him to be. A bottom line is, yes,
3: he made massive – I mean, really, the influence. It's not overstated. It's not hyperbolic to say that he really used – his large S as a celebrity to to impact the world in positive ways, but for what it's worth, he may also have really been the trailblazer when it comes to hip hop. He really inspired, you know, a promotion. A, a, yeah, promotion of self as a as an athlete. He probably, you know, more than professional athletes realize now the impact that he made, how much money you guys uh, have get, get to make, and so on.
2: Now that we're talking about greatness. If you ask anybody in this modern day area who is one of the greatest, I'm gonna say Muhammad Ali. Boy, yeah,
3: it doesn't matter where you're from. I have my uh, hometown allegiances, but to me, Ali, the greatest of all time. What a beauty, funny, and uh, and beyond. Good stuff, like Taylor.
2: And anybody who knows me knows boxing. Or if you don't know boxing, just watch a picture of me and a picture of these fighters. You say I'm the best. I'm saying here once and for all. Blow my own horn that I am the greatest fighter of all times, bar none.
3: Dave, I met a young man, and we fell very much in love. And here he is once <laughs> again. It's Daniel Halper and everybody. What's the poop? How you been, Pally? Really good. Thanks for having me. Certainly, certainly. And you're headed out tonight, as of the time of this recording. You got you got a pretty cool gig. Yeah. Which is you're working the red carpet. For the NFL Films, it's on NFL Network, All or Nothing. It is basically hard knocks. For the whole season. In season. So it's really one-upping the original product, hard knocks. This is in season, following a good Arizona Cardinals
8: team. Yeah, I mean, they made it to the championship. They were probably one of the most complete teams in the NFL last year. And going into next year, really, I think they have, like, the number one offense and the number five defense. So... It's a pretty solid team.
3: Don't come out here and, and 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 show off with your fancy numbers. That's not what it's about. But no, well, maybe it is. That's what it's about. Um, the um, the Arizona Cardinals. I you know it's it, it's interesting. You say that they're a contender once again, and I don't think many people will disagree with that. The big question is Carson Palmer. Do you buy? After the lousy playoff game that he had when he really fell on his face in a big way, I've said it before, I'll say it again, Carson Palmer since that game has said, hey, you just got to move on from something like that. No, no, I don't have to, Carson. You (laughs) You do,
8: fella. Yeah, I mean, he had, what, six turnovers? It was tied for the record. It was grim. Yeah, it was bad. Four interceptions, right? The other two fumbles. So that was, I have to learn the stats for the red carpet tonight. So that's a bad performance. I mean, that's up there with the Chiefs uh, beating the Texans 30-0. to I mean, bad playoff performances. The team's got to get past it. But, I mean, fans that are fans of those people, it's sometimes harder for the fans to get over You that.
3: probably are even too young to remember. Jake DeLome had a stinker like that and was never right after that. Carson Palmer, higher pedigree. But nevertheless, at this age, he's the question mark for me. With the Cardinals, my question for you is, are you going to ask Carson Palmer about that on the red carpet?
8: What happened, man? Something like that. Just do that. I don't think I'll go right for the what happened. You didn't have the – you had a bad game. I don't think I'm going to go straight at it. But I might talk – I think he'd appreciate
3: that raw honesty.
8: You think so? Maybe. I think I'll pass up on that find.
3: Let's find out. We won't know until you try.
8: But uh, I think I'll definitely ask him, probably also Larry Fitzgerald. They had the statistical best years of their career. Uh, Carson Palmer, 36. Larry Fitzgerald was 32 last year. Uh, I mean – that late in your career, having the best seasons, that, that's that's pretty good. They have to be doing something special, so I'll definitely ask about Let's that. Let's
3: figure out uh, some line of questions here. Something I've been talking about the last couple of weeks around here is, who is, it's a fascinating thing, as opposed to if you start talking about greatest quarterbacks you've ever seen, you can pull from you know five to ten names and make a cogent case for why that guy might be in the top two or three. Same goes for running back. But now, when it comes to
8: wide receiver, Jerry Rice yeah, he's is the clear everyone. cut. Mm-hmm. Who's number two? Terrell Owens. You think T.O. I, I, think so. I mean, he's, he's got he's number two in all the records, pretty much, isn't he? So, that goes for that. And he's
3: up there with a lot of the. He's just such a
8: polarizing figure to watch. I mean, me going back and watching highlights of him more so than watching live games. I don't think I ever watched a game where he played in it. But, I mean, he was. The best, he was the guy that took over for Jerry Rice. He kind of kicked him out the door in San Francisco. So I think the guy that takes over for Jerry Rice would probably be the number two.
3: All right. So let's, so you can talk to Larry Fitzgerald about where he stands in all time, among all time receivers. Let him make his case for Mm -hmm. number two. He's very modest. I bet you he won't do it. What, my, who else? You got to look out for Calais Campbell. He's a delight.
8: Yeah, I'm excited to talk to him. I mean, I watched the league, he was on the league, he did a cameo. He's, Uh, The questions that I'm going uh, for, I'm doing football questions for all the guys. But then I'm also going to be doing more TV-related questions. So most of them haven't. This is their first TV gig, even though it's more reality. And I guess technically they're on TV every week playing football. But this is uh, their first real TV gig, I would say, versus Calais Campbell, who he's been on Family Feud. He did the NFL Family Feud. Uh, He's been on The League. And I think he's maybe cameoed in one or two other things also. So Going at it for him, can't really ask, what do you want to cameo in? Because, I mean, the league for a football player seems pretty cool, but I'll still ask him that for sure.
3: Pretend I'm Calais Campbell right now.
8: Okay. So and let first got to get my Campbell.
3: attention because there are going to be other people out on the red carpet trying to get Calais's attention. So first get my attention. <laughs>
7: hey, i got to get in there
2: and watch this. i got to see how I do in episode one. <laughs> I love the hurricanes of Miami. i got to get inside. I don't
3: have time for all these questions.
8: Uh, you, you gotta get I'll Mike. probably, like, go tug on, like, the kneecap on I'm a in a hurry. <laughs> Let's get going here. What are we doing? Got to get inside. I'm hungry. So uh, what did you think about this, uh, the show? Who, who are you? I'm Daniel Helper in NFL Now, uh, here reporting from the red carpet in L.A. What was your favorite part about the show?
2: What show? Oh, you're
8: talking
3: about this, uh, this documentary? Me. That was my favorite part. This is offensive.
8: You sound nonsense. like Cookie Monster or something. Well, that's
3: how, That's not, uh, well, I sound like Calais Campbell if that <laughs> happens, because that's how Calais Campbell sounds. All right, when last we spoke, and I want to get an update on this. It's a lot were,
8: warmer here than last time we spoke.
3: Oh, it was miserable in Chicago. Yeah, I outside. go back
8: and I listen to uh, the, the video that we took, and I could hear the railing shaking behind, because I was shaking so hard, leaning up against it, you could hear the metal shaking. It was so cold out oh, there.
3: I thought it was because you were nervous to be so close to your hero. <laughs> Anyway, um, you told a great story about, uh, well, let's walk back through that for anybody who missed it. You got to meet Kamish Goodell. You yeah. got to announce the second-round pick for the Denver Broncos, eh?
8: Yeah. It the fr- no, no. first-round pick.
3: First round. Yeah, oh, first round. I forget.
8: It first flew round. over my head. Even yeah, first-round pick for the Broncos, 26th overall. Selected Paxton Lynch.
3: I heard about that.
8: Quarterback from Memphis. Really cool. So the story was that I told uh, Roger Goodell, that I'm taking the jersey and I'll give it back to him in Denver when he comes and he meets me. Well, a couple weeks later, a month later now, I still have the jersey. It's still waiting on my shelf at home. Uh, if Paxton Lynch comes to get it, I might say, hey, nice meeting you and all, but you kind of passed the limit of time. I think I'm holding on to this. I mean, past the statute right now, of limitations. I'm with you on this uh-huh. one. I mean, I'll still have him take me out for dinner and everything, convincing him that I'll give it back. And then I'm like, mm. hmm, I think you passed over the limit. But thanks for dinner. Bye. Clever so, move, yeah. Halper. That's what I like I'll get Where your for.
3: head's at on this one? So you're gonna, you're gonna let him get you a fancy dinner. You're gonna get <laughs> uh, surf and turf, oh, and then sure. at night's end, you're gonna skunk him on the Jersey.
8: Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a big uh, fancy food steak eater, seafood. I went to, when we were in Chicago after the draft. I went to Gibson's, which is the famous steakhouse there, and I got the 36 ounce tomahawk steak, and they were. They're like, you're not gonna eat the whole thing. I'm like, just watch. And I ate the whole thing. They brought me a big cake for dessert.
3: Wow, muzzle tough. Look at, uh, add another uh, pelt to the wall of Daniel Hal- Halpern. He's uh, living the dream, it feels like. Oh, you're, for you're sure. Going out yapping with uh, pro football players on red carpets and such, stealing jerseys from future <laughs> franchise QBs, so on and so forth, and eating 36 ounce steaks. Why don't you go get one of those now to be right in the brain? And in the belly before you talk to the Arizona Cardinals. Sounds good. Thanks for uh, coming back and visiting Thanks with Thanks for having us. me. Yeah, and make sure uh, Paxton Lynch doesn't get a load of, I hope he does not see this video because that could scuttle your devious plot.
8: Maybe. Maybe it'll, like, incentivize him to actually come for it, though. You never know. The, uh,
3: the season is drawing ever closer, but it's still a ways away. That's why it's time for another episode of Killing Time Until the Season Starts with our pal Kyle Long of the Chicago Bears. I'm gonna give you a little entertainment here. Let's do a little game. Wow, a little artist, I'm a lefty as well, so. Is that right? That means we're smart, right? That's what they say. All right, look at this. Here is a picture, as you can see, of a bird. When I point to a part of the bird, you just name it, all right? Just say it out loud. That's it, ready? Wing. Beak. Eye. Feet. Okay, without saying it out loud, do you remember which body part I pointed to first? Don't say it. Now, if you don't mind, put down your your chopsticks for one second okay. and go like this.
7: That's hard to do. Am I gonna be okay here?
3: Oh yeah, nothing. When what am I gonna hurt you? You're a 300-pound man. All right, when you're you, a prankster. When you're ready, I'm. Mean, it's no prank.
7: This is this delightful is this mirth. Is
3: okay. When you think about it, go ahead and say that body part three times in a row.
7: Wing, wing, wing. Hello. See, that was nice. I took it off the... You did.
3: Because you you're It's c- not for you. Do you see? Your cynicism got in the way of what <laughs> would have been a nice thing. I don't want to
7: get in trouble so bad.
3: <laughs> All right, I'm going to tell you a nice story while you eat. Okay. I, I forewarn, it goes into some dark places, though. It's a little sad. I brought a flashlight. Once upon a time, there was an affluent, eccentric fella who decided to devote his fortune to building the world's greatest ship. Now, being a savvy businessman, he knew if you're going to have the greatest ship, the first order of business is to spare no expense in finding the world's greatest captain. And so he did. And soon after, construction began on the great ship. The world's most affluent people booked fare on the Virgin Cruise. And that ship set sail to much fanfare for little did anyone know of the iceberg that lay ahead. That iceberg ripped the boat to shreds. The great captain was barely able to dash off an SOS. By the time the rescue crews arrived, all that was left was the
7: captain's shirt. Do You like that story? That was a beautiful story. I thought you would like that. That was unbelievable. Can we get a round of applause for the story?
3: <itaire> Thank you. I mean, uh, no, I didn't. I want you to know something. I didn't do it for any of them. I did it for you.
4: Dave. Dave. Da 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 da, dun, dun Dave.
3: I dig me some Kyle Long, and in fact, I've dug this whole week. This has been a a special one. I can say now um, that it's all wrapped up. It's my birthday week, and I feel like these are the gifts from the football gods. A.J. Hawk and Ike Taylor, too. Ross Tucker and Jeff Schwartz and Kyle Long. That was almost done, but I didn't get through it all. But but the bottom line is this. I hope by the next time we speak, the Pittsburgh Penguins have won their fourth Stanley Cup. That's why I'll say sitting here on Thursday, let's go, Pens. If they don't get it done on Thursday night, hopefully they will back in San Jose and uh, for – for now and for all of time. Let's go, Pens, and uh, for, I don't know, probably not for all of time, but for the foreseeable future, I look forward to kibitzing with you some more about the game of football, all other games, including the most important game of all, the game called life. Thanks so much to all those guys I shouted out there, Daniel Halpern, Ike Taylor, Kyle Long earlier in the week, go back, Jeff Schwartz, Ross Tucker, Handsome Hank, Marcus Grant, All the rest, everybody behind the glass. We'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. That's where you can start the music. Oh, there. It's been a thin slice of heaven for me and the gang here at NFL 2. We are talking to you, too. Goodbye.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.